Hey, 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 everybody, it is South Beach Nico. I'm coming to you here from St. Petersburg, Florida. If I were to record it last week, it would have been in uh, Clarkston, Michigan, uh, where I'm from. So went up there, saw the family for Thanksgiving. We had a nice time, and I was cold. Uh, you guys know how sensitive I am to that. But, uh, you know, it's always good to get back to the hometown every now and again. So hope everybody had a happy Thanksgiving or a good last week. And um, looking forward to today's podcast interview is with Sydney Decker. She is an Ayurvedic healer. And she has a really interesting story that I'm looking forward to getting to know her. Um, lately, I have been doing podcasts where I actually don't know the person. So, you know, we get to know each other and you guys get to know her. So to me, I think that's a really fun concept and uh, I'm looking forward to our conversation. Looking forward to I'll get to learn from her and, uh, you know, of course, hopefully building a new friend. So enjoy Sydney Decker on For the Ladies podcast. Hey there, this is Cassandra Pinataro reminding you to stream Free Woman by Cassandra on Spotify. Or check out the new music I have coming out soon at You Know Cassandra on Instagram and TikTok. And thanks for listening to For the Ladies podcast. Hey, Sydney. Hello, how are you? Good, how are you? Good. Sorry for that eight-minute delay there. It's been quite the day. <laughs> yeah, no worries. I feel you. Trust me. <laughs> and uh, just I have to tell everybody this when they do a podcast with me. If you hear a meow, it's my little co-host. But ever since I've been gone for a week, she's not left my side. So she'll probably be a part of the interview. <laughs> oh, yeah, no worries. I have two. So if you hear one of mine. Perfect. The more the merrier, honestly. <laughs> so... um Something I've been doing lately to kind of challenge myself is how we connected with the pod match thing. So I do like some note taking, but I my favorite thing is just to kind of get to know you as everybody else is too. So okay. first question I have for you is like, what's the basic who is Sydney Decker answer that you give? Like if you're at a party or something and somebody asks, well, what do you do or who are you? Um, and then we can get into just chatting. Okay. Uh, least favorite question to ever be asked in existence. <laughs> oh, I know. I know it sucks, but it always is the first one asked. <laughs> I know, always. It's like, who are you? And then I think of that. You ever see Anger Management, the movie? Mm -hmm. When he, it's his first time going to the thing, and the guy's like, all right, well, tell us a little bit about who you are. And he's like, all right, well, I'm this guy and I do this. He's like, no, I mean, who are you? It's like, well, I do this, this, this. He's like, no, I mean, who are you? And he starts to get more and more frustrated because it's like, I could tell you my job and where I grew up and whatever, but is that really who I am? See, this is right. how I would ask it as a question at a party. So this is, people are like looking at me, like walking away, like, okay, I just wanted to know what your name is. <laughs> but um, so I would say at this point in time, I'm still figuring that out. I'm still figuring out who Sydney is. But if you were to Google me, you would find that I am an Ayurveda health counselor. I have my own business in Pittsburgh um, where I do Ayurveda Panchakarma work. I'm a wellness counselor. I help people do inner child healing. Um, I have a podcast of my own that I really love and enjoy. And that's definitely a part of who I am as I'm learning to speak more of my truth. What's that called? It's called The Goddess and the Medicine Woman. Okay. 
and I'm one of the co-hosts, and then um, my aunt is a lovely being who she's the other co-host, and we just kind of dive into, like, spiritual things. We have all other people come on. Um, it's kind of similar to this. We just have a conversation. I feel mm. like the, the best information comes from that. Um, so I am just honestly uh, a being of love and light that was sent here to awaken to my own truth and my own power and hopefully help others to do the same either by coming to work with me or just feeling the permission to do that because that's what I'm also doing for myself. You know, if you take up space, other people will be like, Oh, okay, maybe I can take up space too. Mm. So that's kind of who I am. (laughs) (laughs) Very cool. Long, long story. Um, also, you have great taste in movies because anger management is fantastic. <laughs> yeah, I watch that all the time, girl. <laughs> it's so funny. <laughs> We've got to be a similar age then. I'm 32. I almost said 33. Yeah, I am 30. Okay, cool. Congrats. Yeah. Welcome to the 30s. Uh, it's all right. <laughs> <laughs> so are you from Pittsburgh then? Um, I'm actually not. So I'm from a very small town. It's called Great Bend, Pennsylvania, and it is the last exit in northeastern Pennsylvania before New York State. Hmm. Um, teeny tiny little place. It's where the Susquehanna River has a great bend in it. So it's called Great Bend. And 80 kids is what I graduated with. So like one red light, like really tiny. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm from a small town, too, called Clarkston, Michigan, and it's like, we have, we actually have two lights, but it's, uh, I went back up there last week, and I was like, oh my gosh, like, it's so much different, because I live in St. Petersburg, Florida right now, and it's like a whole oh, different world, <laughs> but I think yeah, St. Pete and... just there, I was just down there. Were you? Back in May, St. Petersburg, like, is it by Clearwater area? Yeah, yeah, same area. Yeah. Yep. Yep, that's where I was. Nice, yeah, this is where I, I reside now, but I think St. Pete and Pittsburgh are kind of similar, because I've been to both, obviously, but... Oh, you've been to Pittsburgh. Yeah, I used to work for the Pirates, believe it or not, in spring training. Oh, wow. That's cool. Yeah, so I've got, like, I, I have a good love for Pittsburgh, and there's a lot of good people that I've worked with. And then we came and saw the city, my mom and I did, and we had, like, the best time. Awesome. Yeah, I've been here for, like, 10 years now, and I do. I like it. It's pretty, like, you can get enough of the city feel with it also being, like, outside of city hectic hecticness. Yes. It's a good mix. And did you go there for school? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah, I went for my undergrad, and then I ended up also finding um, my Ayurvedic teacher out here, too, of all things. Hmm. And that was really profound, because not a lot of places in America have that opportunity. Um, and so then it kind of just, I decided to stay, because similar to you, I went back home. I don't go back as often now, and I just my teeny little town I just was like I don't think I could be here yeah it's just not the same like-minded people you know what I mean it's it's just very heavy there and it's very still like a small town vibe and there's an energy towards those that type of people and community sometimes yeah so for me I've been gone since 2011 and so like obviously I've evolved as a person I'm way different than I was back when I was like 20 years old and leaving yeah and when I when I go back it's like oh my gosh yeah no this is like love being here it's cool but like this is there's a reason I left <laughs> exactly that's exactly how it was for me because I honestly never thought I was gonna leave I had um 
anxiety, depression, agoraphobia, like really bad. I could barely even go to school. Hmm. And then luckily for me at the time, I had, I was dating someone that wanted to get out of there. So I had the courage because I cared about that person to leave, which Mm -hmm. eventually didn't work out with that person, but it got me out of the town. Then I really started to realize like, oh, okay, I can be something other than this small little town that I was so afraid to leave. And it was very rewarding for myself. That's awesome. So you said the anxiety and all of that, like, I've recently, I mean, last two years kind of had like more anxiety build up because, you know, you're an adult and you're kind of on your own. You have all these new responsibilities and worries. Um, Where did yours stem from? Because I was way younger. Yeah. So I grew up in a household with a parent that struggled with alcoholism. So um, and that kind of kicked in and that set in way early on in my life and so basically it kind of created this emotional instability early on and I became very like OCD almost like obsessed with counting how many beer cans my dad would drink Mm -hmm. Um, I just became very like hyper fixated and focused and I'm also um, a being who's highly sensitive and I and I'm an empath too so I I connect with people's emotions and I connect with people's experiences almost more so with my own self And so I was very plugged in to my dad, and I feel that he also experienced a lot of anxiety. Mm -hmm. So I started to kind of, like, take that on. And then ultimately, my dad, when I was in sixth grade, decided to move from Pennsylvania to Arizona. So not just, like, up the street, like, across the state. And that really rocked things for me. And it was at such an age of development, you know, because you're starting your sixth grade, you're 12, your hormones, all the things. And when I started to study Ayurveda and working more into like my healing profession, I realized that the nervous system and certain experiences actually create a wiring. And so I felt kind of alone and unsafe and a lot of emotions. And I know like we're like we just said, we're the same age growing up when we were kids, like kids now have more of an opportunity to express their feelings. But even back when we were growing up, there still was this idea of children are meant to be seen and not heard, you know? Mm. So I wasn't, it was more of like, I'll give you something to cry about, you know, like stop crying, stop complaining, stop blah, 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 which we need to start to hear children more because it's actually a very important time period. Um, So it's when he like left and moved that I started to create more anxiety And then that caused me to make some choices where I dated um, some abusive people early Mm. on, too. So, like, 14, I was in an abusive relationship, which just created more anxiety. And then I tried to leave. I did leave that relationship, but then it turned into, like, a stalker situation. Jeez. Yeah. So then I felt like I didn't want to leave my house, right? So it just was like a compilation of just like the emotional instability that I I wasn't always being seen for, you know, of my emotions and helping myself to regulate. It was more of those things that you didn't talk about it. Mm -hmm. And then when my dad left, that really changed things. Then I was with a single mom, right? And then her anxiety increased and her stressors increased. And then we had to move out of my childhood home to a different smaller home and it was just like a lot of things that all happened at once Mm. that for me 
took a little bit, but by 16, I had agoraphobia and I couldn't go to school. And I was actually having anxiety attacks at school where I was passing out and being sent to the nurse. Like my friend had to catch me one time because I passed out, like standing. And then it, luckily I was supported by the school because I would go early in the morning and then they would let me go home and have a teacher come to my home to give me my work. Um, Some teachers fought that for some reason. But um, it just ultimately, I think, to answer your question, was just like a big culmination of so many things that my little nervous system didn't know how to process. Well, yeah, I mean, especially at that age, but anytime like stuff builds up like that all at once, like, (laughs) like I always tell people like, it's always going to get better. And then some people like, is it (laughs) like it doesn't seem like it. So, I mean, I could see how like that. Yeah. Like you just don't have any control over that situation. Um. Back to the abusive boyfriend. Was he older? Yeah, he was like a year and a half to two years older. Okay. So, me. like, w- because of your dad leaving, like, did you, like, you didn't probably seek out, like, the people who were bad, but, like, somehow they gravitated towards you? Yeah, because I was very, like, depressed. And that's also the time when you want to think about it, like, the emo phase was really in. So mm-hmm. it was, like, actually cool to be emo and dark. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, it was, like, super cool and, like, the dark eyeliner. And, like, I was just listening to not great music, which also has an influence. And then all the things. So it was, like, the energy in which I was at. And then I also, my brother and me didn't get along very well. And he, my dad had left. And so it was, like, I just wanted to be loved, right? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, this guy said he was going to love me. And I didn't know any better because I never had an actual boyfriend before. Mm. So it was like one of those situations that turned into this codependent toxic thing with like actual like physical things that took place. But at the time, I I didn't really know how to. I thought it, I was like, oh, OK, this is what relationships are because I had no other. Yeah, you know, basis for what no. it should be like. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Now, were you shy or were you did you like mask everything like that had been going on inside by being extroverted no i was definitely shy and introvert yeah me me too i was terrified of everything in high school (laughs) like until my senior year (laughs) yeah so i will say i got to this point by like my 11th grade i didn't really talk a lot but i would be called sometimes at school by guys but that's because i didn't really like talk to a lot of guys but they would call me a bitch basically because if they like cross the line with me or whatever, then I would stick up for myself and say something. Mm. Okay. So it was like, I was shy. So, and I had like an RBF, so they thought I was mean, but then when I would open (laughs) my mouth, I would sound mean because then they were like saying things to me that I would stick up for myself. So it was like this whole, I was, I felt very misunderstood. And I was also just like very deeply sensitive and like just trying to get through as a teenager. Like it's a very, I was, like, thinking about it. Like, I saw teenagers the other day, like, leaving school. I was, like, driving by, and they were loud or whatever. I was like, I don't even want to be around them. And I thought to myself, it's the worst time to be a human. Like, is there so much weird pressure? Your body's changing. You don't know. You're starting to get all these new feelings. People are starting to look at you like an adult, but you don't really have the responsibilities of a true adult. Mm -hmm. And then you got to do all this schoolwork, and then you have parent stuff. And then if you have younger siblings, you're taking care of them. It's, like... It's a very, very intense time. It is. My um, my cousin, Carrie, she's got two kids that are, like, in the heart of middle or uh, high school. And 
the stuff that they have to deal with right now is insane. Like, yeah, there's a lot of pressure for kids right now. Yeah, and it's it's kind of crazy. Like technology too is different, right? Right. So I mean, she wouldn't let her kids on social media for the longest time, but now they're out there, and then it's like just crazy stuff. I mean, it's just a whole different world than when you and I were going through school. <laughs> yeah. Like, I mean, for me, I was at the forefront of it. AMI. Oh, same. Like, we had AOL, right? Yeah. We had instant message. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Even that was hard, though, because I, like, you know, if the girl I liked wasn't on there, she didn't respond to my message, it was like, damn. But, like, now you have to see that she's posting, she's out with another guy or yeah, something. Uh-huh. Like, <laughs> it's yeah, a whole different, exactly. different environment. Yep. It really is. So, you're dealing with all that. You get through school. When did you, like, what were your initial, what was, like, your initial, like, hope for the future? What were you going to do? So, I wanted to be a forensic psychologist. Hmm. And I was obsessed with serial killers. <laughs> like, it's a weird, dark part of me. Um, but I think that's where I kind of poured into helping my own dark psyche understand itself. Because I wasn't, like violent or wanting to be violent towards others but I was someone who would self-harm and I had a lot of suicide ideation too so um that was also another thing and that really set in too after my abusive relationship started I really started to get a lot more suicide ideation so my mom went to school for psychology and she was working as like a counselor with kids and substance abuse and that types of stuff so I thought that was interesting. Um, me and my mom have always been very close, so there's a part of me that does want to want to um, be like her in a sense. Hmm. And so, but I wanted to find my own route. And so I was studying, like reading all these books, and I came across forensic psychology. And then I also used to like be obsessed with CSI, and like just watch CSI and like NCIS and all that stuff growing up. So I thought a forensic psychologist was going to be that person that goes to the crime scene. No. It's not. So I started to study psychology. Um, I actually got this like really prestigious forensic psychology internship, which was cool um, in my one of my last years at, at college. But um, I started to learn that it forensic psychology, there's a lot of different areas, but majority of it is actually like helping people gain evidence through like divorce court and like um, child protective services. And there's a lot of like test scoring around children and foster care and like it's more of like testing you're not even like counseling them because like I still remember this day like there's this little boy that I was and it made me realize that I don't know if I can do this I want to help people a different way um I was at my internship and the forensic psychologist was doing a series of testing on this little boy and he had to have been 12 and he asked him, okay, like, how old are you and when's your birthday? And he goes, I, I don't know when my birthday is and I think I'm six. And oh. I just, and then he went right on to the next question, right? He didn't stop and say anything or whatever because as a forensic psychologist, you don't. You're gaining information. So you're not trying to counsel. And so I, like, was heartbroken at that point because this kid was 12, thought he was six, and no one ever celebrated his birthday. Jeez. And so that was like, okay, I need to do something that I can actually talk to this kid, right? Like, I can actually start to maybe help or make a difference or a change. Not realizing that that was just, that was nine years. That was a while ago. 
um, that it was just setting me up to get to a point where I can start to help people with their inner child healing, which is what I focus on now. So it's just, it was just too much that I couldn't actually make a difference. It was more of like, I would just kind of be part of the judicial system rather than making a difference in it. And I, I couldn't do it. Yeah, that would be a lot. I mean, that's, that's an insane situation for that kid. I hope it, hope his life got better, honestly. That's I always, I've been sending energy every, every day. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I hope, I really hope it does. That's, that's insane to me. Cause like I grew up in a very loving family. So that was way different for me. Like, you know, my birthdays are always an event. <laughs> so it's like, when you hear stories like that, it's just like, wow. Like there's a lot more going on in the world that you don't even think about. Exactly. And it's yeah. really sad. It is. So For you. Parents to not even want to celebrate their birth of their child. I'm like, hmm. I don't know how I feel about that. No. I mean, honestly, just between you and I, nobody else is listening. Don't worry. But I was not supposed to be born. <laughs> it was, oh. I was an accident. And so, like, I always said that it was my dad's second marriage and my mom's second marriage. And I was like, they always had, like, the right to, if they wanted to, like, I didn't have to have a great childhood. But it was, like, everything my brother and I wanted, we got. And they raised us. It was family-oriented all the time. And, like, they did the 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 noble thing but yeah no it could have been that same situation if i had different parents where it's like i didn't even know how old i was yeah i know so you went you went from that to how'd you get into you were challenging me with this ayurveda ayurvedic (laughs) yeah so it's ayurveda ayurveda it doesn't sound how it's spelled but it's like an i instead of an a it's like that's like one of those rare words that gets me (laughs) yes yeah it is it's one of those things Um, so I got into Ayurveda after I graduated from college. Um, so it starts off this way. It's like always intense, but my dad died by suicide when I was 20. So in 2014, right as I was graduating college. Um, and so I was finished my finals, finished my last semester, um, graduated early and, was looking for jobs and I was working in my field, like working with children that had autism um, as a TSS, which is a therapeutic support staff member. And I was just going into homes after school and it wasn't paying very well. So I started to like, but at this time that my dad had passed, it kind of sparked a healing journey for myself. Cause I mean, I struggle with suicide ideation since I was 12. So that also the, now me. that just to be clear, that is just like imagining it or something. Um, it's, it's imagining it and it's also romanticizing it. Um, it's a very, not that you were actually suicidal. Oh no, I was too. But for a majority of the time, like I actually did try to take my own life when I was in college back in 2012. So two years before my dad took his, um, and then in high school it was found out that I had a plan. And so then I got put my, um, I actually, my dad said we could go on a road trip or, I can take you to the hospital. And I looked at him and said, you could drive me anywhere. I'd still want to die. So he took me to the hospital. Hmm. Um, And so I was in the hospital. It's not like I tried or anything, but I had a plan and they were trying to get me out of my plan. But I was like, as soon as I'm alone, it's going to happen. Yeah. So I was in the hospital for a while. And then just throughout those years from like 12 up until 2015, because even a little bit after my dad, I had this ideation where I was like, it's like this thing that your brain goes to. 
Um, it's mm. like anytime any bad thing would happen, like for normal people, it's like, oh, I should just go home and take a nap. If like, uh, like the smallest thing happened, it's like, oh, I should just kill myself. Like mm. it wasn't, and it's not like a joke. It's like an actual, like you should. It, yeah, it's your possibility <laughs> of the day. Yeah, exactly. So it's like, that's kind of like the extreme state that I was living in. But it was actually my father doing it and seeing how that effect is. Everybody. Um, actually, yeah. That may like switch something in my brain, even though my brain would go to that route. I guess it wouldn't switch something in my brain. My brain still went to that route, but it switched something in my heart of like, can you really do that to your mom? You know what I mean? Mm. Can you really do that to your brother? It's like, it really did something for me. So I actually can say I don't have any suicide ideation anymore. Sometimes that thought will come in and I just can like fluff it away because it's like, no, we're not. Um, So yeah, it's a huge progress. So that is when I started my spiritual journey and my healing journey. And I started meditating and I started trying to find my soul and what that means because then you lose someone that you love, like a parent, it just makes you question things in general, right? Like it makes you question God. It makes you question where you came from. It makes you question things. But then also the way that I lost him too was he took his own life. So Mm. there's so many other questions within that as well. So it just got me on this journey. And that's when I found Ayurveda. And I started to work at this Ayurveda center in Pittsburgh. And I learned the body work and I started practicing the body work on clients and just seeing how they felt and were healing with these oils and these massages and yoga and herbs and meditation and also like helping them to become more conscious and aware of who they were as people and their patterns and their pain and how it's possible to shift things and make yourself feel better. And like people like children with autism are going there and being able to like look you in the eye and have some kind of conversation with you. And then there was people with heart diseases and cancers and just like all these things. And my mind was like shown this world, this whole other world that, because I have been in therapy, I was doing therapy for years. I was doing medications for years. None of that ever worked. And same thing with my dad. My dad was in therapy. He had a psychiatrist. He was getting acupuncture. There were certain things, but I feel like I, when my dad passed away, I kind of asked the universe, like, okay, you want me to be here and you want me to stay here. You better show me a freaking route that's going to do that for me. Mm. And it did. And ever since I found Ayurveda, I became an Ayurveda practitioner. I started using the oils on myself. I started to just like enter into this new world of consciousness and of self-healing and power of the power within and the power to make your choices and that you don't have to be just a cog in the machine or do what someone tells you or whatever it is. Cause it's always been that way. And it just changed everything for me. And so I was lucky enough to study one-on-one with the doctor. It's no longer open in Pittsburgh anymore. Um, the place that I worked at, but I was studied with her. Um, it's like 750 hours. You have to do 50 case studies, did all that stuff. I got my national Arabic medical association certificate back in 2017 I was one of the very first people to sit for the test. They came out with it the year that I was getting my certificate where you sit for this national exam. Hmm. Um, it was like five hours long. It was like intense, but it was oh like gosh. really cool <laughs> to be a part of it. Yeah, it was like, because I was like literally one of the very first, they had to do like a special thing for getting it to my area. Like it was cool. Um, yeah, and I've just been doing it since 2017, having my own business anyways. I've been in the field since 2015 and it's just honestly helped me to stay healthy and on a good path 
and I've seen it help my clients and has brought me some of the most amazing people too. It's awesome. So I guess weird question and honestly, everything, anything, if you ever want to cut it out, just let me know. But yeah. is it more rewarding through everything that you've been through to like look at how it's helped you or to see other people? I would say, I don't know if rewarding is the word, but I would say it's profound with how much it's helped me. Mm -hmm. And it's rewarding that I can help other people do the same thing. That's because I came from a place of literally hating myself, cutting myself, feeling like a piece of shit, not wanting to wake up, not being able to go to school, barely like knowing if I could graduate college because that was even a thing. My dad dying, growing and like just being in all these places. And I mean, like when people like I actually just when I went down to. Um, Clearwater, Florida. Yes. For back <laughs> in May, we went on a girl's trip and there's this girl that doesn't see me a lot. She knows me from college, but it's not like we were close. We're, I'm very close with her friend and she's very close with that same friend. And that's why we're friends. And so she was like, yeah, like when we started doing these girls trips and my, your, our common friends mentioned that you were going to be going, I was like, oh God, because you used to be so like hard to be around. Like Hmm. you used to be so like depressed and dark and just like not very fun. And she's like, and I didn't see you. So that was when I was in college and my dad died right before I graduated. Um, and so she was like, but to see you now in the last few years, like, I'm like, is Sydney coming? Like, I want her there. <laughs> like, she's got to be like, let's go. It's going to be fun. Like, it's a great time when you're around now and you make everyone feel so much better. And to me, that's the most profound thing, right? Awesome. Of like, there's even people who notice that and no one wanted to be around me. I mean, like, boyfriends too. Like, it was just a freaking thing with them. Like, I was like, needy and it was just a lot to versus now I want to be alone and people want to be around me mm, yeah <laughs> it needs to be reversed and so that's the profound part is because like I actually changed who I am and I feel like I didn't change who I am internally I think because at a very young age I was very very loving from like zero to nine I was like the most loving carefree magical human being like had this imagination that was out of this world and was just like very loving and then some certain things in my life and my dad's alcohol problems really solidified in our family for a few years that it got dark but that's the profound thing for me is I was able to overcome raise my vibration help myself heal myself and now the rewarding part is that I can help other people to do that in a very real authentic way awesome and honestly backtracking to way long time ago but you probably like just attracting way better people to be around you, like whether it's friendships or relationships or just anything. Yes. Yeah. Which is huge. Like the, the people you're around is one of the biggest things. Oh, for sure. it's ultimately a choice. Like I've got a really good group of friends, but like if I don't like somebody, I'm like, no. And then it's just like, oh, Nick doesn't like this guy. Well, no, it's, there's a reason. Like I, I've, I have a weird feeling why I don't want this person around. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, some people, it took a little bit for them to fall. I had to, this last year, 2023, the universe was cleaning out some people that I thought were my people too, that as you 
really, really start to become even more authentic, you realize they may not be the best for you either, you know, because mm-hmm. they're, they're coming from their certain levels of conditioning or, like, this is actually something I realized, like, I mean, I've had a string of, like, abusive romantic partners, so I've, like, taken my, taken a break on that because that's an area that I still seem to, whatever. Working way, out, yeah. Working out, but... I realized that people pleasers, I also were surrounding myself with people pleasers, narcissists and people pleasers were like my extremes because the narcissist, I, I was a people pleaser and I was surrounding myself with people pleasers. And after I got out of my really, really intense narcissistic relationship, I realized I didn't want to be a people pleaser anymore. Mm. And I wanted to be more in my sovereignty and speak my truth and be authentic and to be able to set boundaries and not be someone that overgives. And so I started to realize in my relationships that there's people that I love dearly and that I want really good things for them and they want good things for me, but I can't interact with them right now because they will look at me and they'll people please me and I can read energy and I know that they're not telling me the truth because they're they're afraid and I, I, I need truth tellers right now. I need you to look at me and say that shirt looks bad. Like, you know, <laughs> I need real, because I'm starting to get more authentic and honest and real with myself. Yeah. So, like, I can't have someone who, just because they love me, they're going to let me walk out of the house with something that makes me look awful because they mm. don't want to hurt my feelings or upset me. It's like, no, I don't need to be walking out of the house looking awful. Let's tell me about it. Right. So now with these past relationships, as bad as, I mean, that's never acceptable for anybody to be abusive to anybody else, especially guys towards girls. Um, But like, have you ever had the, or have you like had to reach out? Cause like, maybe you felt like some sort of non-closure had happened or are you just like, cool, like that happened. It sucked, but like, I'm just moving out with my life. They can figure it out. Some of them, like not every single person was abusive. Um, so like my very first one, I never reached out for that because I just cut that off. I just, there was another person I ended up being with that helped me get out of that. That ended up totally being a codependent thing. I think that one, the second relationship I was in, he was like my first love. And I tried to get, um, as much closure as I could with that one, you know, Mm -hmm. but that, not so much. And then the most recent one that happened um, during quarantine 2020 to like 2022, you don't get closure with that one. <laughs> that oh, okay. one is like, a, I have to be, make sure that I don't communicate with that person at all. Fair enough. So that's good. I mean, alone. yeah. I mean, I'm just wondering because like you're, you know, you had your whole like, actual healing that you went through and like you change your entire whole life but I didn't know if maybe there was a part of you that was like ah, maybe I should like reach out <laughs> some of them I have you know what I mean like the one we've talked like he wasn't very abusive um like in any particular way he was just it was like just didn't work out so me and him are, can be friends and we've gotten a closure around that the first one it just you can't really be friends with at all and then the last one he won't let you have closure. <laughs> Got you. <laughs> so I had to create my own closure for that one, and I did. Gotcha. And yeah, good on you for that, because that's not something you want to get wrapped back up into another cycle or something. Exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's cool. I mean, you really took control of your own life, from what it sounds like, with everything that was going on. 
Mm-hmm. Um, do you like? Are you, your mom and you were so close? Oh yeah, me and my mom are best friends. Does she like? Has she told you like, hey, you are way different. Like you're on the right course here. Yes. Yep. That's cool. Yeah, it's actually helped my family to heal a lot. I'm noticing. Um, when I first started back in like 2015, I found this yoga group. And um, I'm no longer part of it, but it was very prominent part of my life for six years. And it was a kundalini yoga, which I highly recommend if you're trying to change your um, brain pathways. Kundalini hmm. yoga is the route to go because it works a lot on your ner- nervous system and rewiring your nervous system. And it works a lot more with breath work than um, asanas or postures or any of those things. Like it, that's really what helped me a lot was that commitment to doing kundalini yoga. I had... I could actually feel my brain wiring change. It's mm. like very profound. Um, be careful what you read about it because there's stupid stuff everywhere about everything, about gurus and blah, 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 blah. Just if you want to change your brain chemistry, kundalini yoga is going to be the way to do it. I just will say that. Um, so my yoga teacher would say this often that when you heal, those who are deeply connected to you also heal. And I never really understood that until I continuously chose to heal myself and that the people that were wanting to be in my life had no other choice than to change something about themselves too in order for us to be in each other's lives. Mm -hmm. And I noticed it a lot with my family. And now I started my own business. My mom started her own business. My brother started his own business. My aunt started her own business. My other cousins started their own business. Like it just is like this wave and by no means is it them copying me it's just like I was healing and it just subconsciously gave them permission to do different things yeah and because they could see that total difference in who I was because for the longest time people thought the phone would ring and I would be dead or something bad had happened to me you know what I mean or no one even really wanted to answer the call because I was probably yelling or freaking out right so for that to now I'm the one that they call they've all started to get on board. Like I said, I do my podcast with my aunt and we talk about healing and our healing journey. She's right there with me, like going Hmm. through it and we're, we're in it together. And I just went back home um, for Thanksgiving and I only go back every like six months or so for holidays and stuff. And I wasn't, I don't usually go back for Thanksgiving, um, mostly just Christmas. But this year my family called me because my grandfather is not doing the best. He's getting a little bit better. Um, and they've been doing everything. He's gone to the doctor. He's on these medications. He's going to see an acupuncturist. It's still not working. So for the first time in six years, because my whole family was like, yeah, 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 you do your thing out there. They were mm-hmm. like, can you come back and can you heal? Can you help him? And that to me was the greatest gift ever because that's just my family as a whole. Even the men are recognizing, oh, Sydney is real. She's doing these things. She can help me. Yeah. So it was like very profound how, as I've healed, those in which I'm deeply connected to have also healed and continue to heal. And it's very, I would say that's very rewarding. Yeah. I mean, I would imagine so. Like even just with the path you're on now, like your presence is just walking in the room. has got to be way better than like, uh-oh, what are we going to get with Sydney today? Yep. Yeah. And I totally, totally understand that. Um, so 
way backtrack. I'm all over the place. Like usually it's how I do the podcast and also have conversations. <laughs> yeah, no worries. Um, so you mentioned your dad had the drinking problem. Yeah. Do you drink or did you like put that off your, your, I'm not going to do that list. So when I first got to college, um, I didn't really drink a lot in high school. And then when I first got to college, Thursday to Sunday blackout, like I just was drinking all the time because that's what everyone was doing. And I wanted to fit in. Mm. And I started to see, though, that I could have a real problem here because for me, like people would just drink and black out. But like for me, if I had more than three drinks, I was not stopping. Like it's oh, not yeah, something kicked in my brain. That's your night right now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like, other people could stop and be like, all right, well, I'm done, I'm slosh. I No, like, I didn't stop until I passed out. Like, it just wouldn't stop. And so that kind of happened for, like, the first few years of college. Um, and I guess a little bit after that, I tried to always fit in, but I always would notice this weird thing at the third drink. This other part of my brain would kick in. Then I wouldn't be able to – I was done for. And then it was interesting because then I got a um, – an alter ego, which my friends would call me and they'd be like, oh yeah, I can't wait for Cheyenne to come out tonight. Mm -hmm. Everyone loved Cheyenne because it was like me and my alter ego and she was like fun, do anything, whatever, whatever, but it wasn't me. And right. so I was like, oh, I don't like this. And then it started to get to a point that I just started to do, I want to say like back when I was like 27 is really when things started to turn for me in this area where I started to realize like I would drink and I would feel so, so sick, but I was also really working on changing my vibration and like mm. raising my vibration. And I was doing a lot of yoga. And so I started to realize that especially liquor, sometimes I can have like a little bit of beer, like a white claw here and there, but liquor particularly is poison. And my body like, even if I think about it right now, I gag. Like, my body just does not resonate in that realm anymore. And I'm so glad that it doesn't because it could have gone really bad. Yeah. So yeah. now, now I mean, yeah, because it's probably recognizing, like, yeah, this is not what you need in your system. Yeah. It just is like, but I could first, when I first started to do all this, I mean, I made really bad choices and I would get caught up in certain things that I shouldn't have done because of blackout. And I wouldn't remember and this and that. And it's like, but I could always feel it after that third drink, my brain turned into an alcoholic. Like there's no other way for me to like, I just, then I'm drowning in it. Mm -hmm. Then no one's stopping me. And if I run out, I will find more. Like, it's not like, oh, okay, well I better go to bed now. Like other friends, like, no, right. no, 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 no. I ran out. Like we're getting more. Like, I don't care if it's 4am. <laughs> like, yeah. So it became this intensity that I could see would have turned really bad for me. Yeah. And so now like you can do it. If you have a white claw, it's like, all right, cool. I'll just be social and have one, whatever. But yeah, now I know I can't have, if I'm going to drink, it's going to, and it's going to be social. It's going to be one drink. I can't now, have more than three because it will still still resonate. Yeah. So is it like a thing where if you have one drink, you're very conscious of it. Um, but is it because you like have little mini flashbacks of like, all right, cool. No, I have to stay under control here. I know what could happen. Yeah, exactly. And then okay. it's like different certain smells of certain alcohols and brings back. Oh, my God. Yeah. yeah. So I yeah, work so in. I, can I work two. 
And I'm okay with two. And like, for example, like if I'm on vacation, right? I can have two because then, but I'm not going to have three because I don't need to go crazy anymore. Yeah. But I can have two. And then that two does give me that little like feeling of like warmth. You know what I mean? Where you're just like, haha, like whatever. Right. But I can't after that no more. Interesting. That's good that you set like the set the boundary. Like I actually work in a few bars around here and there's some bartenders who don't drink like they used to. But I'm like, that's that's crazy self-control for you guys. Like, you know, you used to have a problem, but you're still around this every single day. And I was like, that's actually kind of a cool moment. Whenever yeah. I see a bartender who doesn't drink that used to go over the top. Yeah, that is really cool. Because how um, they, they're probably battling that triggeredness every day. And it's like, yeah, it'd be like working with like an ex-girlfriend of mine. I'm like, oh, my God, how am I going to get through the day here? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so this is way off subject, but also not even in the thing I read, like when I was um, before we talked. But do you have like an importance of routine in your day? Or do you have a routine? I don't. Okay, cool. I like that. Neither do I. I feel like I just kind of wake up and I say, I guess the only thing that I have as a routine every day is every day I wake up and I say a prayer before my feet touch the ground. And that's the only routine. And it's a personal prayer that I've created for myself. Same one every day? Same one every day. I'll add a little depending on the energy that I want to bring in. I'll add like that particular energy of like bring me more peace or more whatever that I know that I need that day. But it starts out the same, and it's always right before my feet touch the ground because then I create that intention for myself. And that's the only routine I have. Other than that, I let my day go around that prayer. Hmm. And then with your own business, I yeah, I can see how the, the structure could be a little bit different. So when you're working, like, how does that look for you? How do you structure that? So I do have a somewhat of a structure for that. So, like, for example... Tuesday to Saturday. That's when clients can book. Um, and that's when I see clients. Sundays and Mondays, I'm off. Sundays are my full self-care. You're not going to hear from me today. Mondays are like my recording, doing podcasts, um, like guest appearances, my own podcast. We record on Mondays too. Any meetings I need, I'll throw that on Mondays. Um, so there's like routine within that. And then I have like set schedule for like when clients come and see me on Tuesday to Saturday, like what those times are. Like, for example, Saturdays, I'm always done by three. Like, I'm not going to be there longer than three on a Saturday. Mm -hmm. So there's somewhat of a routine in that. But I mean, it could vary in what my treatments are, because I do like wellness counseling and wellness consultations and like inner child healing and like shadow work. So sometimes my days are filled with I don't do any body work. And I'm just sitting there and talking um, and helping people with their energy bodies and doing those types of things. And then other days, my day is filled with I am hands deep in oil and I'm like doing my bodywork treatments all day. So there's not a particular routine as far as that goes, but it's like a set schedule for Tuesday to Saturday and what I fit in there. Okay. Um, and then explain kind of how the different treatments work. So there's Ayurveda. So Ayurveda is the holistic healing science. Um, it's dates back to five to 7,000 years old and even older. Um, it's very much considered the very first healthcare system adopted by humans in a large circumference um, is basically how they like view it. It's like, it's not like only like this little tribe was practicing it. It's something that was, became widespread that made sense for all humans. 
um, if you're looking at it that way, when I say about the first healthcare system. Mm -hmm. um, but most, most healthcare systems are actually created off of Ayurveda, like even Western medicine. Um, a lot of like the prescriptions are derived from plant sources that were first adopted and recognized in Ayurveda. Um, and then surgery, the very first surgeon was an Ayurvedic doctor. So that's also another thing. So when people are like, yeah, I'm more practicing traditional medicine and they're referring to Western. I'm like, you don't even know. Like <laughs> traditional, traditional medicine is actually Ayurveda. But I hear what you're saying. You're practicing modern medicine. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, but that's the funny thing about being in America is like that's what we feel is traditional. It's very interesting. So Ayurveda basically talks about how nature, the human being is a part of nature and we're not outside of nature. And that everything is consciousness and everything is alive and everything has the five elements, air, space, fire, water, and earth in order to be in this reality and how the elements combine and create specific energies in the world and how those energies create qualities and how those qualities then in what's the word um, influences us and our health. So, for example, vata is air and space, pitta is fire and water, kapha is water and earth. So vata in the body is going to be like burping, like that's literal air. So that's going to be like vata, that's air. And then anything like thought patterns, anything that moves anything is air. And then pitta in the body particularly is going to be your metabolism and your eyesight. So it's fire. So anything that is like a fire or light or transformation. And then if you actually look at Pitta in the body, it creates this like um, acidity, which is like a fire that breaks down our food. And then Kapha in our body is going to be like our muscles and our bone structure. That's the earth element. That's the heaviness. And if you look around, that's how we build things. Like if mountains are heavy and they're rocky and they're like strong. And so like that's, how our human body is based on those elements too. They just show up differently. And then these will create qualities. So for example, if you are a Vata person and you have a lot of air and you tend to go for like, have more gas and bloating in your life and you start to eat a lot of pretzels, pretzels, if broken down, the quality is air. So you're just going to be creating more air in your body if you're eating pretzels. Hmm. So it's like you start to think of life as an energy and as a quality and how, what that quality is going to do for you. And then you start to have a relationship with yourself. You start to have a relationship with consciousness and you start to have a relationship with nature. And then life becomes more simple because you can recognize that you have the power to balance something out with certain qualities. And you have an understanding of what certain things are gonna do for you so there's less of an unknown because you start to just recognize the energy and then you can start to co-create a reality based on this idea and this structure that we're all interconnected to help and bring more community, love, light, the qualities in which we want to live into the world if we know more of our consciousness. So it's like a consciousness-based medicine, but it also deals a lot with helping like wellness, um, like my wellness consultations, I break things down, nutrition, like what foods you should be eating, lifestyle choices, like yoga postures, breath work, things are going to work best for you, like exercise for your mind body type specifically. I do like self care. I recommend books. 
And then the bodywork treatments in Ayurveda are based on um, like oil and herbal oils and herbal applications. And then there's a thing called Panchakarma, which is basically like the Ayurvedic surgery before surgery. So what you do, it's a set and a series. Um, you have to come consistently for like, for example, there's the minimum is three days. You have to come for three days. Every day you're getting an oil massage. You're getting steam. You're getting a shiradara, which is oil that's poured on your forehead. That's calming and um, aligning your nervous system. And then you get a, like digestive treatments, add-on treatments, because one thing that we don't recognize in this modern society is that to cut open the body is the last option. It's mm. not the first option. To cut the body open creates so much trauma to the body that the body has years and years and years to recover from. It's not just like, oh, okay, like, yeah, I had surgery a year ago and I'm fine now. No, your body will be storing and recovering and hold trauma around that incision for like 20 plus years, mm. if not dealt with properly with your mental body. So what Panchakarma does is it prepares and helps the body to heal itself in order to see if surgery and going in and cutting someone open is even worth it. Because there's so many things that can be healed by the body getting to the homeostasis point that it can heal itself. So, like, for example, like I always say, like, if you get in a car accident, don't call me. Go to the emergency room. But if you're looking to, like, fully, like, actually heal your body, call me. And then there's like my energetic stuff, which is Reiki. Reiki is healing touch, helps a lot with the nervous system. Um, a lot of clients will have experiences of seeing past ones that have like passed on, um, getting like clarification, getting clarity, getting understanding of like their next step in their life. A lot of people fall asleep. Um, they feel a lot of like peace or like have um, after like Reiki experiences, like pain in their body that they've had for years will go away. Like, different things like that. It's healing touch. So I do that. And then I have a series that I term as, like, my shadow work series where we work with your pain body and your shadow. And we work with your mental body. So, like, what your patterns, your pain, your behaviors, your conditioning, your trauma. We look at all of that. Like, what your mind is constantly telling you. We clear that out. We process that. And then we go into the heart space. And then we work with your inner child and I do like visualizations and meditations to help um, to connect people with their inner child. Cause I feel like that's the biggest thing that we're disconnected from. And I'm not saying like the inner child, like you want to be a child again, but your inner child represents your most purest, innocent part of you that who you truly are and who you came here to be. It's the seed of, so if you connect and you bridge that gap, a lot of the issues that you face as an adult will start to make sense and then we'll start to heal. Because you'll start to finally give yourself permission to be who you are based on connecting and making sense of the experiences you had in childhood. Hmm. That's actually really interesting. I didn't know all that went into it. That's crazy. Yeah. So I do a lot and I work a lot with like consciousness. And then I have some clients too that like are in different states and stuff. And they'll just call me because I can read energy like from afar and they'll just be, they'll call me to help them make decisions in their life because I can read the energy around it. Mm -hmm. So like for like example, I have a guy that's um, in a big corporation CEO. He'll call me and he'll be like, I'm thinking of doing this, this and this with this company. And I'm like, energy's not right. And then he doesn't do it. Or I'm like, energy's right. And then he does do it. And usually the energy reading is always accurate. Hmm. So that's been fun too. 
Yeah. So like, so it's not just like local people don't have to just come find you in Pittsburgh. You can do stuff over the phone and yeah, I can do wellness consultations over the phone. I can do my shadow work series over the phone. Like I've had clients in like different States, um, go through that whole series virtually. And then I can do like, um, energy healings and like energy readings over the phone. I just can't do body work. Right. And then do you have like a website or? Yeah, my website is www.innerelementwellness.com. Okay. And do you do any social media? I have um, a social media page for Inner Element Wellness on Instagram. And then I have my own personal, which is at Sidderella, S-Y-D-D-E-R-E-L-L-A. And then I have one for the goddess and the medicine woman. And you maintain all three of those? Yeah, the goddess and the medicine woman I have to do better with. But, yeah. Yeah, I feel like I got to do better on my for the ladies Instagram. <laughs> it's just hard to keep up with all the time. Well, yeah, I mean, you sound pretty busy as it is. But I was doing the uh, podcast. Like, do you like that? Oh, my gosh, it's so much fun. Like, I would do it even if no one listened. <laughs> <laughs> How did you guys start it? So I just got this idea last year. So we've been doing it since 2022 and I just got this idea to like start having these heart-to-heart conversations like but I was afraid to do it alone because I didn't really know but and me every single day me and my aunt would have these like hour-long conversations like every day of like our journey what we're seeing what we're noticing and like then I would start to take bits and pieces of our conversation and I would just start to like plant them in other conversations with other people and they're like what you're talking about this like blah 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 and I had so many people that were like I want to talk about this and like I want to know and like I'm like we should just start a podcast and just see what happens and we did and we've met so many cool people you know like via pod match you just meet so many cool people that help helped us to be like okay we're not the only weirdos out here on this <laughs> spiritual journey So then it just made us want to connect with more people. And then we started, like, our listeners just started to, like, leave reviews. And we're like, this is, keep talking. Like, this is stuff people don't talk about. People don't want to hear about. Like, this is great. And so we have just been, like, so, like, I found more of my voice. Like, I started going on other people's podcasts. Never, year ago, no. Nope, 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 nope. You would not (laughs) have heard me or even met me. And it's just been amazing that's awesome because like yeah i was thinking about that like 30 minutes ago about how like you were talking about you know everything you went through and you were shy and all that stuff i was like that's kind of really freaking dope that you're on a podcast like right now (laughs) it is yeah oh yeah like being very honest and like i you know you've answered every single question i've asked you (laughs) yeah because i feel like though like that's the time like we have been dishonest as a society and as a world for so long like being like not telling the truth about who we are, not telling the truth about what we feel, like feeling like we have to be something that we're not because if we want the job or if we want the friends or if we want to be loved, we got to do these particular things. And it's like, okay, well, let's look around. Is anything working or changing? And does anyone feel good? No. So lying to ourselves and pretending to be something that we're not isn't working. So the only thing that's ever helped me to heal is being more who I truly am and answering and being authentic. Because when I share my story, because I used to be so embarrassed by it, but when I share it now, people look at me and they're like, thank you. And I'm like, what? And they're like, now I can, 
now I can share mine. And I'm like, then a little tear starts to fall because I'm like, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> well, and it's cool. Like the podcast, like mine's been around since 2019. We've got decent like listenership all around the world. But That's awesome. thank you. But even if like, you know, let's say somebody doesn't reach out to you just based on this interview, because whatever reason, they still might get something from that, which you you will never hear about. You'll never see. But like, just yeah. because you were on here for an hour talking, like it, it happens. <laughs> exactly. I know. And, and that's the coolest thing, too. Yeah, you can connect with anybody in the world. That's why I love the podcast. Um, two last questions I have for you. And the second one is obviously the most important, but I'll ask you the first one. Okay. So what is, uh, what's next? Do you have any goals coming up or what's going on? Yeah. So next, um, so I put out a book, I have a book, it's called cleanse your energy. And I just came out with a journal companion journal called cleanse your energy journal. That's like a guided journal, 21 day, um, series to help you uplift your mindset, change your energy, cleanse your energy, just creates gratitude, creates a place for you to release your emotions helps like guide you through. So I really want to like bring that more. Um, cause I just, just launched that. Okay. You released it or. Yeah. So Where my, is it book, at? my book and my journal are on Amazon. It's called cleanse okay. your energy. You can also find it on my website too. Um, but that's the only place I'm self publishing through Amazon. Okay. And so I want to write a second book I have coming out that I want to do in 2024 and then I'm really trying to get my yoga teacher certification done so I can kind of bring yoga in. And then I'm going to be focusing more on my specialty panchakarmas that I've created, which is based on like what I've noticed most people ask for, which is stress management, fertility, and weight loss. So I've created specific um, panchakarma rejuvenation packages, series, through the Ayurveda perspective for those particular areas so I kind of want to highlight those because some people when they hear Panchakarma they're not going to know but if it's like oh there's a whole like rejuvenation place that I can go to in Pittsburgh for stress management or oh there's a place in like Pittsburgh I could go for fertility or for weight loss like that's going to get people more interested than like a word they don't know Mm -hmm. so I want to like really focus on helping people to actually heal mentally physically and emotionally all at once with these specialty programs because that's what's really going to last very cool very cool and i might come out with hats hats i mean i'll get a hat (laughs) i might i really like i that's like i've been looking it up i'm gonna it's like something i've always wanted to do is create my own hat so you should and i've got your book written down i'll probably order on amazon here today after i publish this um i would love to but uh the most important question just because She's been so polite. She sat here the entire hour. What kind of cats do you have? Because mine hasn't made a made a peep. <laughs> I know she's been so good. She's been sitting so, here the whole time, though. What kind of she? She's a tortoise, which I didn't know was a thing, but oh. she's beautiful. She's black, white, gold, silver. Yes, yeah, yeah, and, yeah. Like she's got little green eyes, and she's she's my best friend. <laughs> Sounds really beautiful. So I have. Um, two cats. One is actually a human in cat form because she just talks constantly mm. and like literally acts like she has like a different energy. Like I don't even know. Her name is Moon and she's all black with like a little circle on her chest. So it's like the dark sky with the moon in it. Oh, cute. And she's been, she's like two 
she's basically like my baby she talks all the time like there's times where like she'll be going down the hall and it literally sounds like she's yelling mom not me out it's like mom mom it's like very crazy and then i my grandmother passed away in 2022 and she had a cat and she left me her cat oh. so i have her and her name's lucy and she's like so cute um she's more like cat like you know what i mean and she's just very like soft and lovable and she has these like She's white with, like, a raccoon tail, and then she has a big striped spot on her that's, like, in the shape of a heart. Oh, cool. And then cool. she has, like, another spot on her that's, like, striped, too. And it's, like, very interesting. I've never seen anyone – not anyone. I've never seen a cat like that, like, with, yeah. like, striped spots. Yeah, that is interesting. She's cool. That's awesome. Yeah, I, I love cats. I got mine, like, a year and a half ago, and – <laughs> she i didn't want to go back for thanksgiving because i had to leave her but I, oh i took mine i packed them right up Did you? yeah she was yeah. homeless for like the first six years of her life and she's been here for a year and a half so i was like i just want you to have your home <laughs> yeah that makes a lot of sense and then i will say because she's so she doesn't feel left out i do have a dog oh of course yes <laughs> yeah her name's daisy i've had her since i was 13 or no 17 i've had her since i was 17 and she was found in a box in a park oh she has a cool story. Yeah. What kind of dog? She is a lab border collie mix. So she's like black and white and looks like a lab. And they, the cats and the dog all get along? Oh, my God. My, my one. They're actually my cats are obsessed with her. <laughs> they like come over and like, like rub up on her and like she'll lick their foreheads. It's cute. <laughs> That's very cute. Well, Sydney, thank you. I'm going to follow you on Instagram so we can stay in touch because next time you come down to Tampa, St. Pete, Clearwater, any of those spots, let me know. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Well, thank but this you was so a, much. Yeah, this was a super fun conversation. I learned a lot. Like I said, I didn't know anything about it or you, and it was really awesome to talk to you. Yeah, this was fun. I know. We were kind of in alignment. We got the same things going, you know, same age, same kind of thing. So it's cool. Yeah. Well, thank you very much, Sydney Decker. You're welcome. I will talk with you soon, I'm sure. Sounds good. Bye. Hey, everybody. Just want to pop in here real quick. It is South Beach Nico, and I wanted to say For the Ladies podcast is brought to you by The Galley and the Ship's Hold, St. Pete's favorite place for great food, great cocktails, and great staff. A lot of my really good friends work here, but that's not why I go all the time. <laughs> if you're a rum person like me, they have hundreds of different rums, a very knowledgeable staff, and amazing food that they have till 3 o'clock in the morning, seven days a week. You can walk in at 2.30 and be like, hey man, I'm really hungry. <laughs> so appreciate the ship's hold and galley for being a part of For the Ladies podcast. It's hosted a lot of our podcast episodes so far and love working with the people over there. Go in, ask for the Joey special, and tell them Nico from For the Ladies Podcast sent you. There you have it, Sydney Decker. She was so much fun to talk to, and I appreciate her candid and honest, you know, takes on everything that, that had happened in her life and, you know, what she's trying to build towards. and. Uh, she seems like she's on the right path, which is incredible. And uh, I'm glad we got to highlight that here on the podcast. And, you know, for me, it was just really, really fun conversation. Like I said before in the interview, I didn't know her before this, just a few messages back and forth. And um, it was really, really cool. Just like talking to her for an hour, 
you know, hopefully we can all be friends and I'll have her back on the podcast at some point and we can get like a progress report. But uh, I'm really, really happy with, with the uh, conversation. She was so much fun to talk to. So definitely check all of her stuff out, her social media, her website, everything. And, uh, you know, she's out here to help people, which is incredible. And um, love that about her. And I love the conversation. So very fun to have Sydney Decker on for the Ladies Podcast. And uh, thank you guys for listening, too.